What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Life Like a Movie podcast. Thank you for taking your time and energy to be with me here today. Our guest today's name is Anthony. Now, Anthony is very, very special because he did something that a lot of people cannot do, and that is turn an incredible, seemingly negative situation into a positive. He was deemed a quadriplegic after a tough accident that he had at his family cabin. Turned it around, and now guess what? He's a motivational speaker inspiring people across the country. I'm so blessed to have been able to spend some time with here today. So without further ado, let's dive into Anthony's world. Uh, hey, so I wanted to start off just by uh, giving you some appreciation for taking the time, man. It's, um, it's a blessing for me to be able to talk to you. I think your story is very inspiring. And I think that you've been doing a great job at uh, giving that inspiration to other people. So thank you, brother. Oh man, I really appreciate you having me and you reaching out, man. It means it means a lot to me, honestly. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because we got about twenty-five minutes here. Okay. So let's um, I'll start off with just the most basic question. Y'all share our 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 story, our journey, how we got to where we are today. So if you wouldn't okay. mind. Yeah. Um. So I grew up, you know, just like in a regular like European household my family were all Italian and Portuguese um you know I thought that I had a plan with how I thought my life was going to play out I think like every young person does you know go off to high school and I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't going to go spend like seven or eight years in college it would have been a huge waste of time for someone like me yeah okay Uh, (laughs) respect respect yeah so I, I got into the skilled trades, you know, like the rest of my family were just were those types of people, you know. Okay. So I in order so I really liked electrical. It wasn't as heavy as as, as a lot of the trades and stuff like that. Um, okay. And I realized early on that I was good at it. You know, I was, you know, I'm, a, I'm like standing up. I'm like over six feet tall. Like, are you? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. <laughs> I was boxing and stuff at the time I was, you know, physically in, in really, really good shape. So like it, it, it wasn't really that hard on my body, you know, working in electrical. So I actually did have to go to college, very yeah. minor, just for like uh, like eight weeks in order, like you get your basic, starting off an apprenticeship, so you get your basic in electrical, and then you work for a year, you go back and forth until you're finished and get like your full license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, so I'm not sure if uh, you guys do like co-op placements and stuff like that in high school where you're from. Yeah. It's not in high school, university, but it's basically like you, you do a work term and you get school credits. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. So I did, I did a placement with this electrical company when, after I graduated and they hired me, they loved me, you know, things were going really good. Yeah, awesome. um, and then it was, um, every weekend we'd go up to the family cottage, you know, and just do like the weekend thing, you know, like get away with the family and just kind of yeah. kick back, relax, you know? Yeah. Um, this one weekend, like, I think that everybody that has, like, a traumatic type of injury or incident like I've had, I think everybody would say that, it, you know, it felt off or they shouldn't have been there or, you Before know. Before it happened. Yeah, just like oh, this gut. Shit. Yeah, just like this gut feeling, like, I really just wanted to stay home. Um, it, it, yeah, it was. So it was my very first week on payroll. Like, that week, I was super excited, stoked, you know, first week on payroll, like, feels so good you know i worked i worked for free you worked so hard you know oh, you made it <laughs> that's how i was like i made it type thing you know yeah um so friday night rolled around like how it always did it was the first weekend in july and my cousins and everybody was going up to the to the cottage um i didn't really want to go so i kind of stayed back 
And some people left without me. And then the next day, Saturday morning, my dad and my uncles are like, oh, you know, we're going. And it's not the same without you. We need you to come with us because we used to like go off-roading with the dirt bikes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I go, sure, you know, why not? Whatever, you know, come pick me up, whatever, you know, we'll go. So it was like Saturday. We get up there Saturday morning. It's amazing weather. It's hot. You know, throw the bikes off the trucks, we ride around. And like everyone that I tell my story to, they always think, you know, I got hurt in boxing or I got hurt maybe on on one of the bikes, something like that. But no. Um, So after a long day of riding, um, my parents pack up and start to leave. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Like, why are they going home? Like, I don't want to go back in the car now. They dragged me out here. I'm not going back in the car for another two hours (laughs) back down to the city. Mm -hmm. Um, So my parents, my brother, and I ended up staying there with my cousin and his girlfriend at the time. And it was so weird, man, because after my mom left, it was like she was trying to take me back home. She called me, and they were on the highway coming back to the city. And they were like, my, my, my mom called, and she goes, Anthony, you want us to come pick you up? She's like, why don't you just come home and relax? You, you have to go to work on Monday. And I was like, nah, you know, I don't want to go back in the car now. She's like, it was just weird, like this motherly instinct thing, man. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And then so – the next day rolled around and um, my cousin's girlfriend wanted someone to keep her company in the pool. You know those um, those above ground pools, the ones that have the bars holding them up? Yeah, I got you. Like the big ones. Um, and there was like a deck that we built by the pool. Um, so me and my cousin's girlfriend were outside just kind of chilling in the pool, relaxing. It was hot. And then uh, so she went in to go pack for us. And then my, my cousin came out to join us. And we were literally just about to leave. Like his girlfriend was packing, grabbing our stuff for us. Like cars were ready to, ready to go. And uh, so we're both like, we're standing on this deck and I was like, wait, like before we go home, I want to jump in the water, like one more time type thing, you know? And then I just remember, like, I wasn't really running towards the water, but I was like walking kind of fast. And then next thing I know I slipped and uh, my legs come out from underneath me. And then I kind of went face first and I feel this impact, felt an impact off, like off the front of my head. Um, wasn't really sure what was going on. I wasn't really in any pain and didn't knock me unconscious or anything like that. I had this really weird um, sensation where it felt like an electric shock, like came through my body. Okay. And then I opened my eyes and I realized I was floating face down and I was totally paralyzed. I couldn't, couldn't move anything. And then, yeah, like I, it felt like I was stuck. It felt like I was like frozen almost. Um, so I thought like, this is it. Like I'm done. Like I'm there just holding my breath. I'm looking at the floor of the pool. There's nothing I could have done to stand up. I couldn't grab onto the wall. I was, I, I was screwed. Um, so my cousin, he pulled me out. And then immediately, you know, we knew something was serious because when he pulled me out, I couldn't feel like any of the decks sliding underneath my body. So I kind of started freaking out. You know, I was crying. I was like, oh my God, like, I think I broke my neck. I had a lot of pain at yeah. the ambulance and all that stuff. They bring me to the hospital and pretty much went into surgery pretty much straight away. Um, so like, wow. they, yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I still can't believe it. <laughs> And like, there's so many like little little things in there. Like, it felt weird going there. Your mom had that instinct, and it's that last yeah. time before you leave. Like, yeah, exactly. So you you mentioned something. Like you said that that's what like a lot of people who have had like a traumatic event like that experience. Is that like have you talked to other people, and that's what they've said? 
Yeah. So, you know, when you have a spinal cord injury, you know, there's, there, there, there's quite the road, you know, that, that you get put on and, you know, I pass through a lot of the healthcare system, you know, oh. a lot of hospitals and, and spinal right. cord rehabs where they rehabilitate people like me, teach us how to, if they can't teach you to walk again, a lot of the times that's not realistic. You know, okay. once you damage the spinal cord, um, it's very rare that it, it heals fully. It, you know, and there's nothing that, that can, there's no surgery or nothing really that can be done to fix it. Um, so what they will do, what they will do is they'll put you through like intensive therapy training to either get you to walk again, if that's not possible, and to get you as independent as possible so that you can go back to having, you know, a regular life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there I met tons of people with spinal cord injuries, like at the hospital that I was in, it was, they specialize only in spinal cord injury. Um, they, they have, there's, there, there's like 80 people there at any given time that all have spinal cord injuries of all different kinds. You know, whether if you're a paraplegic, I'm not sure if you heard the term paraplegic or quadriplegic before. Um, so I was deemed um, a complete quadriplegia at, initially because I could not move anything from the neck below. I had impairment in all four limbs, which means quad meaning four, which means I was a quadriplegic. I could not move. Eventually, as time went on, going through the rehab you know, with all the physio and working out and everything, I did regain a good chunk of my upper body function. And then I, I was called, and then they, my uh, label, I guess you can call it, changed to an incomplete quadriplegic. An incomplete quadriplegic. So what, what's it like getting labeled that? Um, to me, you know, I, I, I don't really care, to be honest. Like, I know it's, it's doctor talk, you know, like that's how right, they treat yep. patients, you know, because it, I, I'm really good friends with my therapists and stuff like that. And, and they use these terms because say they're getting somebody that's a complete quadriplegic, then they have an idea kind of of what rehab will be like for them. You know, if they're an incomplete okay. spinal cord injury, which means that their spinal cord wasn't completely severed, so that there is room for rehab, there is room for recovery, you know, so that there is, there will be different possibilities, you know. So say somebody who's a complete quad and they don't have, you know, any, any arm function, then maybe rehabbing for that person would be, you know, learning how to direct somebody to help you properly. Okay. Versus somebody who's incomplete or somebody that does have, you know, some upper bodily function maybe rehab would consist of, you know, how can this person learn to feed themselves again? How can they learn to take their own showers and get dressed and yes, those types of things? Okay. So, so it yeah. kind of helps the therapist, like, know, what, know what's happening, and it also helps you kind of to know, like, what you're about to get into. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And right. as time goes on, that can change. Um, but usually after a couple years, um, you kind of what, what you get is kind of, you know, what you're left with. Okay. So uh, I I'm so fascinated by this like cuz you are you know unbelievably positive and inspiring. Was it always like that or did you have a period right after you had like some sort of like depression or some sort of feeling of like you know like I'm worthless now or like anything like that? Yeah. Um you know I I tell a lot of people this a lot of people ask me this question. I do like a lot of public speaking and right, yes. a lot of people a lot of people ask me that question and and what I always tell people is that you know, the positivity and the give backs and all the great things that people see on my Instagram. Yes, that's Anthony, but like, that's not, you know, everything that I am, you know, like all the great things that I do have come from, you know, me developing negatives, you know, that's from comes from a dark place. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think in order for you to be, you know, in, in the light, you need to be in the dark, you know, at some point. Like, it doesn't just happen that way. You know what I mean? Um, I think for the first, I've been, it's been I'm about six years post uh, injury now. And I think for the first year, maybe even two years, it was really tough, you know, adjusting to life, you know, how it is now. And, you know, you do feel worthless at first. I think everybody does. Um, you know, but then I kind of started opening up a little bit, started doing more things like this. I started speaking about, you know, what I am, what a spinal cord injury is. And, um, you know, I realized that it's okay to be different. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing things differently. Um, you know, everybody battles things differently. And obviously with me, it's physical, you know, you can see it, you know what I mean? Um, but after a couple of years of living my life that way, I got, I got sick and tired of it. You know, I, I realized that this life is be is meant to be lived, you know, to the fullest, you know, regardless of what situation or predicament you're in. You know, there's nothing special about me. I pulled myself out, you know, through the hardest, the absolute, I think, worst thing that I've been through, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can do it, I, you know, I think anybody can, you know, with anything. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Okay, so I have a, a important question that to follow up with that. Um I just, I, that's such a beautiful attitude. Like if I can do this, then you can do anything because here's the thing. There's a lot of people, even me, I'd be probably be a good example of this is to tell people like, man, like you actually can do everything. Like your beliefs are so fundamental and they shape your perspective and your potential, but I haven't been through what you've been through. So I think for you to be able to say this, to have been through all of that, I think that's extremely powerful. So right. my, my question is what was like, because there, there would have had to have been some sort of shift from when you were feeling negatively and now yeah. like six years later to today. So like, what is it now, Anthony, that you picture in your mind? Like, say like, say you, you, you think about your, your injury or that same event, what goes through your mind now when you think about that event? Like, what do you, what do you picture? What do you see? What do you hear? Like, what kind of memory pops yeah, up? Yeah. Like, honestly, because I wasn't unconscious or anything at all throughout any of the process with my spinal cord injury. You know, I do kind of deal with anxiety now, you know, a little bit of kind of like PTSD. I'm not super comfortable being in pools anymore. Um, But like I still will do those things because I know that it's good for me to get out of my comfort zone um, in order for me to get over all these things or else I I, I never will, you know. Um, But I I, honestly, I woke up one day literally and I was like, you know, I need, I learned that part of healing is letting go of what I can't control, you know, Mm. like, it's like, say, you know, me and you were having a cup of coffee and say, I dropped that cup of coffee and it spills all over the place. You know, me and you could argue over the next 10 years of our life, how the coffee spilled, why it spilled, Mm. but it's not going to change the fact that the coffee's all over the ground. That's right. You know what I'm trying to say? I get it. Yeah. So a big part of it was me saying, okay, you know, this is what things are now. Like, let's move forward. What can you do with this? You know? And I, I, I got sick and tired of being miserable. Like it's not a way to live a life, you know? And I literally woke up one day. I was just like, screw this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I studied, uh, I, I started pushing Instagram. I started yeah. pushing myself as a brand, you know, started reaching out to other companies. I started collaborating with other other agencies and other like not-for-profit organizations. Um, I realized that I can work from home, not only through socials, but I studied finance um, with some like bigger traders um, in the industry. 
So, you know, I realized that there's still plenty of life out there for me, you know? Oh yeah, man. I love that. I mean, so, other than walking, I do just about everything else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right, man. I love that. And to make that shift to me is just incredible. Like, incredible. Like, it's it's very very impressive for me to to see somebody who's been to that dark of a place it, it, from the sounds of it. Because like, man, like people experience that darkness, but it's it's like you know someone commented something mean on my Instagram picture or you know, something of that nature, like, dude, you got like paralyzed. Like you're like, yeah. you were, like, that's a little bit different than a negative comment on, you know, someone's Instagram. So like, I'm, I'm again, like really curious as to like what that, what that switch was for you. Cause it sounded like you woke up one day, like, was that, was that a defining moment for you when you woke up one, yeah. that one morning? So exactly. Could you like, could you do me a favor, like step back into that experience? Like, what was it like? What did it, you know, you woke up, you woke up on your bed. I woke up literally in like in the bed. I was like, and I, you know, sometimes, especially when you're fresh into your spinal cord, when you wake up, you're so used to just like jumping out of your bed, you know, getting ready. So I woke up and I was like, oh, you know, I looked at my legs and I was like, you know, shit. And then I was getting ready to go spiral down back into those, those feelings. And I was like, I can't like I cannot keep doing this to myself like I'm like life is hell you know it was literally hell you know and I used to think to myself you know why didn't I just die like why like why am I still here like why am I left like this you know what I mean and then as I went on and you know started doing more speeches and I was getting really good feedback um and probably the biggest thing that really, really motivates me and keeps me going and, you know, what helps me stay positive um, and kind of, you know, you know, like lets me know that I'm on the right track. I get people that have came to me in the past that have told me, Anthony, you know, you're not going to believe this, but, you know, you saved me from suicide. You saved me from doing this, from doing that. And uh, honestly, I still can't believe those. Like, I still can't believe that. Um you know, and I'm still learning how to, how to deal with those things, you know, but I love the fact that I could, you know, I potentially can save somebody from ending their life, you know, or making, you know, a bad decision. And it's, it's, I can't describe it. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's what gives me strength, you know, to, to keep going. And that's what, what gives me, you know, the power to, to push forward. Yeah, man, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. So beautiful, man. Yeah. And I met a lot of, you know, amazing people along the way. Like, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, if you could change it, would you do this? Would you go back? Um, and honestly, you know, I wouldn't like, I'm so happy with my life and where I am right now. And the people that I've met, like if I would have to go back, then that means I wouldn't have met who I met. You know, I wouldn't have done the great things that I, that I've done. Um, you know, I work with some amazing people on my team, you know, that helped me. Um, you know, we've kind of became like this tight knit family, you know, with people that helped me with media stuff and videos and, you know, it went from a relationship like that to us being like brothers, you know, we all get together and go out and eat and just enjoy time together. Um, I wouldn't change any of that stuff for the world, man. Dude, I love that so much. Yeah. like The thing that I like the most, you know, especially about like my, my good friends and stuff like that is that, 
you know, like they don't treat me any different, you know, than they did before. Oh, and, yeah. And like, that's what I love. Like, I, you know, when I'm around them, like sometimes out in public and like in my mind, I don't really look at myself different and I don't really feel different either. But sometimes in public, you can't really help it, you know, but like when I'm with my friends, like it doesn't even cross my mind, like whatsoever, you know, everything is just like regular you know what i mean i know what you mean it's like we argue they'll throw things at me and put me in a headlock and like that's the way things should be you know what i mean i know what you mean oh that's so beautiful man yeah man that's amazing so um something else i really wanted to ask you was how have your energy levels changed from when you were um in that negative space then when you switch it to a positive space like energy levels like you know know like that's a great question and i like i realized that when i am not feeling the greatest maybe mentally i'm just drained or just negative you know negative nancy for no reason um i do feel like i have no energy and i don't want to do anything i like i'm not motivated to do anything when i'm feeling that way um but when i am feeling great and you know when i do kind of give myself a kick in the butt yeah it's like you get like this burst of of energy you know it's it's that's a great question i never really thought about that but i do notice my energy levels definitely do change versus when i'm feeling great versus you know when i'm not okay yeah yeah absolutely man like i think that goes for anybody really yeah no it absolutely does go for for anybody but i wanted to like specifically ask because um like I'd imagine like it's it's very easy for negative beliefs and these negative feelings to become a, somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Say like in your example, you might think like I'm I'm worthless or like something like that now. And I think for me, that was my biggest limiting belief that I've had that I developed from my childhood. And so I think these things can become a self-fulfilling prophecy because then we start to look for it in the world and then we start to feel negatively about ourselves and it kind of keeps going and going. And then we lose our energy and then we feel more negative and exactly. – um, you know, so it can easily be a downward spiral. So if there's one thing you could say to help us turn negatives into positives to find the silver lining, yeah. what, what would you say to somebody? What, what do you think could help somebody get them out of the dumps? The thing that I would say is, you know, I don't know, you know, what some personal things that you've been through or anybody, you know, really that's watching this, um, you know, you're already here. You know, like you're, you're here, you're alive, like you're already here. Like there's no changing that, you know? So, and at the end, like I always think to myself at the end of my time, when I'm old and I'm gray or whenever it is, you know, tomorrow, 30 years from now, like I don't want to think to myself, you know, God forbid if I was on, you know, in that time, I don't want to think to myself and be like, damn, you know, I should have did this and I should have did that. Like, I would rather live a fulfilled life than a regretful one, you know? So by all means, you know, you guys can keep sitting around, keep wasting your time, keep feeling sorry for yourself. It's, it's not going to do yourself. It's not going to do your situation any good. It's going to make it a lot worse, you know? And once you get to the point where you are working towards the things that you like, where you want to be, you just, you see the beauty in life, you know? And I know that it's hard. It, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I still have my days, you know, but everybody does. You know what I mean? So it, you have to pull yourself out of the slumps, you know? Like, do you want to 
you want to say, you know, I should have did this, I should have did that. And then you, life isn't always going to give you those chances twice. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Like certain things that I didn't get to do, maybe a certain way that I pictured it, maybe I won't be able to do them. Maybe that's why I'm so hungry to do all these things now. Interesting. You know, there is, yep. Sorry. I was saying, but, you know, people like you don't need something like this to happen to you for you to work towards what you want, for you to be happy, you know, for people to be grateful. Yeah. Like why, why wait? Why Why wait? Exactly. I love that. You know, there's, um, oh, that's so beautiful, man. We're you're already here and there's no change in that. There's this, um, this great quote by Seneca is we all have two lies. And the second one begins when we realize that we only have one. That's, I think, that's so true, man. <laughs> it's a badass quote, man. Right. Like, it's like, yeah. like, imagine if you just knew, like, I feel like a lot of us Westerners, especially walk around, like we're not, like we're never going to die, you know? Um, yeah. yeah I mean, never when that's going to be. I'm from Winnipeg, and I'm in Canada. Oh, okay, I'm in I'm in Toronto. Are you in Toronto? Oh, I thought you were in the states. No, no, I'm in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I was in Toronto just um just last summer. Yeah, yeah. You could message me if you're if you're ever around. Yeah, I will absolutely. Cool. So is that where you do most of your events? Yeah, yeah, mostly in oh, Toronto, rehabs and hospitals and stuff like that. Amazing, man. Well, we well, just get a pretty big population. You started to do these like to do these types of things like pod this podcast yeah um maybe like this podcast specifically maybe about four or five months ago now four what, five made, months ago. what made you like did something happen like what what sparked you into doing this um i would say it was so i kind of had the same thing as you like i was like hey I don't know what I want to do. Well, you kind of knew what you wanted to do. But like, I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I know it's not university. You know, I know that's not what it is. Yeah. So I, I, I went on like a quest of like exploring, went and did sales, like lived all over Canada. And then I kind of was like, you know what? I feel like I haven't met enough people. There's so many inspiring, amazing people out there. And I, yeah. I got to meet them. I got to share it. So basically I was like, my whole goal with this podcast was just to interview a thousand people and just like, see what's up man like you know just like i love it man you know i i love the concept um you know and i love that that you reached out i'm so glad that i was able to share you know my insight on some of some of these things with you and uh and just keep going man it's 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 a great idea and uh thank you you sure you get to meet a lot of people along the way yeah absolutely i was even thinking of doing like some like bike or like some like even like drive drive across the states or something crazy like that that's cool, man. <laughs> and just like meet a bunch of random people, you know? Kind of reminds me of uh, Short Bus Talks. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh, I've never seen that. What is that? I know that they, uh, they have, so they have this bus and literally they, they interview people and they're just driving, just driving around. <laughs> yeah. I could totally picture you do something like that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I should get a bus. Yeah. Is there anything, anything that you want to, anything else that you want to ask me maybe or anything that you're curious about? Um, I ran through all my questions. Um, there's a lot of stuff, man, with spinal cord injury that a lot of stuff that revolves around it for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's all the questions that I have. Actually, no, I actually, I'm kind of curious about one thing. Um, what's like, has there been any other real changes for you day to day at all? Like, or is is everything kind of the same, like as far as accessibility and how was Canada with accessibility into getting into buildings and stuff? You know, 
the day-to-day changed huge for me being able to manage everything on my own privately. You know, I learned because of the severity of my injuries, I can't do everything on my own. You know, I do, I need help in the morning, like to get dressed, to get into the shower and stuff like that. Um, and there is agencies that have, you know, specialized, you know, nursing and stuff like that, that they send people to homes and they, and they helped it and they come every day to help me get ready and stuff like that. Um, that took some getting used to for sure. Like now I'm over it. It's been years. I, I'm, it's, it's my, it's my new norm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, like that changed for me, you know, random people that I don't know, seeing me naked, <laughs> you know, that, that changed. Um, as far as the, uh, accessibility in Canada, I think it's pretty good. You know, when I talk to some, some friends that are, or some people that I met online that are overseas, maybe, you know, in, in the, in the Caribbean or even some places in Europe. Um, but I think that it can get a lot better. You know, I I can't tell you how many times friends have called me and said, Hey, you know, let's go meet up at this coffee shop. We're going to hang out. They said it's wheelchair accessible. You know, you get there and they're like, yeah, it's good. You know, I, I think when you call in, they don't have a full understanding of what like fully wheelchair accessible means. I think, you know, if they have a door opener, it's like they, I guess maybe they figure, oh yeah, we're accessible. You know, that we have the power door opener. You know, they yeah. don't think about sometimes, especially when you go to these little shops, you know, there's like that threshold at the bottom, you know, that, that little ledge um, that you need to get on to, to get into the coffee shop or into the store or whatever, I you know, that. somebody like me, if it's a threshold that's, you know, five, six inches, and in an electric wheelchair, I'm not getting over that. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> stores are all limited um, to people like me. Um, and, you know, if the sledge is small enough, I can bump my wheelchair up. But, you know, if there's steps or the ledge is big enough, then there's no way I'm going in. I wish that um, the accessibility was better, obviously. You know, I would love to just go anywhere and everywhere with my friends whenever we please. You know what I mean? Right. Unfortunately, it um, the city and uh, it it's not even close to that point wow. yet, you know. Especially like the little convenience stores and stuff like that. That's right. Okay. There's no way. Like there, there's one literally across the street from my house, and I can never go there. I always got to go to like the bigger stores, uh-huh. like Walmart and stuff like that. You know, say if I need something quick, like a bag of milk, I can't just run across the street and just grab it. You know, I got to go. It's like a whole thing. You got to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not that bad. I'm in Toronto. Like, it's not like a grocery store is not, it's not, it's not like it's far away anyways. But I think as of, I'm like, I I don't want to say exactly, but I was hearing 2025 um, was the deadline for all businesses and new businesses to be accessible. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I know eventually, I don't know if it was by 2025 or 2030 that all businesses will need to be accessible, like by like builder's code. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, or else like they won't be able to run, um, I don't know about in the country, but at least the city for sure. Um, oh. and, I, and I think, you know, that's a great thing, you know, because people, everybody needs to go to the grocery store. Everybody likes to go out places and do things. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be really difficult for the smaller stores because, it, one, it's expensive um, mm. to get lifts. And I don't know if you've ever seen like those porch lifts and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah people's homes like I have one you know I, I use it every day so I spent the money um but they are expensive you know the the a spinal cord injury the financially it, it's a huge burden it's very expensive to live this kind of life um 
So for these little businesses, you know, a porch lift could run you, you know, between nine to twelve thousand dollars. You know, not including if they need power door openers and you know if they need ramps and this and that. It's very expensive. Okay. Uh, so these smaller businesses, I, I imagine that it would be a lot tougher for them. But I mean, I think obviously, you know, that's the right thing to do. I think everybody should be accessible. Yeah, hopefully the government can give some sort of subsidy to those smaller businesses then to make it accessible. Yeah, like that's a great idea. Um, as of right now, like when I had my spinal cord injury, there was nothing um, available to me um, that helped, you know, my family um, with renovations to our home. Um, oh, really? a, lot, a lot of times when people have a spinal cord injury, they sell their home and they move to a condo or they find an accessible apartment or something like that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want to leave my house. Like I love my area. I'm just comfortable here. I've been here forever. So, yeah. you know, we, have to, you know, like make the bathroom accessible. We had to widen, um, all the doorways. So my wheelchair would fit through and, you know, ramps, the porch lift out front, all that stuff's really expensive. You know, wheelchairs aren't cheap. Um, you know, if I told you the price of a power wheelchair like mine, I don't think you'd believe me. Um, um, Honestly, um, a power tilt wheelchair, so the wheelchair tilts back to relieve pressure um, okay. because, because I can't feel um, pressure relief is important to avoid skin breakdown and oh, stuff okay. like that. Gotcha. Second, things that you need to look after after having a spinal cord injury. Um, but a power tilt wheelchair can run you as much as like $40,000. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're super expensive. I promise. They oh, are you. <laughs> super expensive. I've seen um some wheelchairs like some friends and stuff that i met at rehab i'll never forget um a friend of mine has this wheelchair and it what it does is um it's got like a chest strap and, a, and this knee mount and it stands you up stands you up to a standing position it's important for bone health you know helps with blood flow and digestion you know because okay. after you have a spinal injury it kind of slows all that stuff down so it's important to do those things we weren't made to sit like this all the time um but a wheelchair like that i think it ran them like ninety thousand dollars or something like that ah so it's it's a it's a huge um huge financial burden you know not to mention if you need supplies medications um you know all that stuff is is very expensive damn yeah, you're right. I did not think it'd be that much. I thought it'd be like two thousand bucks, maybe, or something like that. Oh, like, fish, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do, bro. Awesome. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, um, those are all the questions I have for today. And again, I wanted to uh, share some appreciation with you. Inspiring what you're doing. Amazing that there's people like you in the world. Nice. Uh, keep doing what you're doing too, bro. Yeah. Uh, it's Thank amazing. You so much, honestly, I really appreciate you reaching out. It was really nice talking to you. Dude, as soon as I saw your story, it was like, I got to talk to this guy. Trust me. It was easy. Hey, I'm sorry it took so long, man. No, that's fine. As long as we got it done, right? Yeah. Okay, buddy. We'll be in touch, man. Let me know anytime if you want to talk or whatever. Just you, you know where to find me. I do. I do. All right. Thanks, brother. Yeah, and, and vice versa. Okay, brother. Take care. All right. Peace. Bye. All right, guys, that's it. That's the episode. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you were inspired by his story. Please check him out on his Instagram. You can look down in the caption below for how to get there. He's really doing some amazing stuff and just such an inspiring human being. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next time.